all hits all the time. We are family. Max Scherzer, double-digit case. We're busting ours. Pick yours. Fun to watch. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast, everybody, from the Mass and Newsroom. Bobby Blanco and Amy Jennings here with you, as always. We are live on our Mass and Nationals Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. So we thank you very much for making us a part of your afternoon. A day off. Uh, sorry, a day removed from an off day for the Nationals. A nice break. They had a long road trip, Amy, but uh, Wednesday was a nice day to kind of reset. They're at home um, and right. get prepared for a big series against the Braves. That's right. How refreshing was this week taking two against the Rays after what has been, you know, some tough games against their division opponents? Yeah, they had a rough week against, obviously, the Phillies in Philadelphia, and then they got back on track a little bit, splitting the series against Mm -hmm. the Braves. Um, And then taking two of the Rays, that was impressive, too. You know, they were, at the time, the best team in the American League, and you win two at home against a good ball club, so that's impressive. For the Nationals. Uh, I'm going to talk to Dan Coco later on in this podcast, so be sure to stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about the Mike Rizzo extension, which is going to be the majority of this podcast. Um, and then also a couple of things to look forward to for the Nationals in the second half of the season, or I guess the last couple of weeks of the season. I can't believe we're already basically in mid-September. Football starting, uh, basketball is going to play a tournament with 200-plus teams. I mean, it's just crazy times. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, speaking of crazy times, Amy, I mean, I've got to just kind of get this off my chest. I, I know that this is how I know now. This season, in particular, is being bad for my health. I was telling our producer, Paul Mancona, who shout out to him. He's doing a great job behind the board. Uh, for this episode, but I had like a night terror about oh, not yeah. just the Nationals, but work or mass and all access in general. We've been going through this podcast was supposed to be Tuesday. We had some scheduling difficulties. We've had some technical difficulties over the past couple of days. I woke up in a cold sweat last night <laughs> being like, what is happening? And I am, I think I'm ready the Nationals either just need to make the playoff push or just yeah. uh, kind of bow out because I the stress is building up. Did you feel this last year? No, because they were like I I don't want to say I counted them out, but the nineteen thirty one, I was just like okay, like, and then they got there was just time, you know, there was enough time for them to kind you of you could prepare. There right, was, there were months that you didn't have right. to wake up in cold sweats. And like sweats we didn't have like. Um, you know, just malfunctions that we had, that we're having. I mean, it's not malfunction. I shouldn't say that. Like, everything's working fine. It was just kind of some hiccups now and then, all in the span of, like, 24 hours. Right. And for, and we, Paul and I were just like, what is happening? <laughs> um, this baseball season is, is now become a detriment to my health. So I just need to get that off my chest. I feel a lot better today. Uh, we're doing this podcast live, like I said, across our social media channels. So that is always fun. Be sure to comment along. We'll be hopefully get some of your comments as we go through uh, today's podcast. But like I mentioned, Amy, the majority of this podcast will be dedicated to Mike Rizzo. Signs a three-year contract extension over the weekend. Gets kicked out of a game, which I've never seen before. I've never seen a GM get kicked out of a game. Nonetheless, from 200 yards away in the 200 club level, but that's never a thing. Amy, just quick reaction for yourself. What does 
this contract extension for Mike Rizzo mean in the long term, in the long run, in the initial term of the Nationals getting it out of the way before the season's even over? Well, you ha- you have to be excited for him. You know, he took over in 2009, really built this organization from scratch. I mean, when he took over, there was barely any farm system. You know, the Dominican League was shut down. They had to kind of had to start from scratch. And he has been the one consistent thing about this organization through the last 12 seasons. Um, and, you know, stability is what what this organization is clearly looking for, and you have to be excited for him, especially, you know, he's had so many successes, made so many great moves throughout his time in D.C. You have to be excited for him. Absolutely. I mean, I think – I don't know Mike Rizzo too well personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, met him, obviously, a couple of times, but – and be sure to stay tuned for this interview with Dan Coco because he's someone who does know Mike pretty well over Mm -hmm. the course of the years and one yes you gotta be happy for the guy he obviously built a world series uh, well a contending team you know this team has been one of the most consistent contenders for the last eight years since 2012 Uh, and like you said kind of started that from scratch i think it's also interesting and we'll get to a timeline of his work here in a moment but he's been here as long as the learner family has been here Um, he came to the to dc in 2006 that's the year that that kind of ownership transition took over for the learner family but, yeah, I think it's someone who has earned this, um, not just World Series aside. I mean, taking a team, basically an expansion team, you know. I mean, I, know, I understand that the technically they moved from Montreal, but it's basically an expansion team. You kind of have to re, uh, regroup a farm system, start drafting. Uh, but, yeah, this he took this over and made this into a perennial contender in the National League year in and year out. I mean, the division championships, the playoff appearances, now the World Series title. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you that he is the guy that the Lerner family wanted to let go. Um, and he would have been the top. If there is a free agency for GMs, he would have been the top free agent on the market. You know, he would have been snatched up by any number of teams uh, to, right. to go grab him. Right. I mean, the third best record in baseball since 2012 and – gets a World Series when it'd be hard to let him go. But I almost got a little bit worried because he said he hadn't heard anything. Um, you know, it's not like he went out, they got the World Series win, and then he heard right away and they extended him. You know, it took a little bit, and obviously the deal came quick once they were in, in talks, but you got a little bit worried. And I looked, it kept reminding me of Dave Dombrowski with the Red Sox, you know, won a World Series and less than a year later was fired. And it kind of had a similar feeling because, you know, they won the World Series. He made sure that he re-signed Steve Pierce, who was a huge World Series MVP, re-signed Eovaldi, but he let Joe Kelly walk and he let Craig Craig Kimbrell walk. Um, And it kind of had the same feeling, obviously different with the Nationals, but Rizzo made sure that he got straws back. But, and I'm not saying he's the one that let Rendon walk. Obviously there was a lot more that goes into that, but the Nationals let Rendon walk, and it kind of had that similar feeling. Obviously, this season has different stakes than last did and completely different, but I got a little bit worried that it would be a similar situation to that. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I don't know how worried I was. I, I don't think I – mean, it's, it's a good compromise, but like, I don't think you, you let a – a guy who brings you your first World Series championship kind of walk. Well, especially after his history there. Right. That's I, what I think obviously is the huge difference. Right. I think the main the main worry I had was that they were just going to keep going year by year like they had been. I mean, let's look at his timeline right now. Uh, 2006, he was appointed the assistant GM and VP of baseball ops 
uh, for the Nationals. Again, he came over from the Diamondbacks organization. Um, Jim Bowden is the GM at the time, but then in 2009, he kind of suddenly resigns at the beginning of March. Three, de- three days later, mm-hmm. Mike Rizzo is named the full-time zen- uh, senior vice president and g- general manager. In 2010, he signs a five-year extension and then also promoted, um, which was a, you know, a five-year extension at that time was really good uh, for him, being a full, first full-time GM, first-time full a GM right there. Um, and in 2013, he's promoted to president of baseball operations. And during all this time too, after his, that five-year extension kind of dries up, not dries up, but like expires, he's just going on year by year basis. Right. It's like two years or yeah. one year with an option. Uh, wins his first world series, obviously in 2019. And then this past weekend signing a three-year contract extension. So Amy, it wasn't really, I wasn't worried that they were going to let him go. I, I was just worried about how they were going to handle it. If they were going to keep going Year by year, a mm-hmm. year with an option, two years with the sec- with an option, something like that. But three full years, he's signed now through 2023. That's got to feel good. Um, Mike Rizzo has been asked about this, obviously, all year long. Anytime he meets with the media, it's kind of been brought up because he was in a lame duck season. Um, and now that it's over with, you know, he always said, I'm not that worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not that concerned. Um, I-, I have a good working relationship with the learners. I love being here. This is where I want to be. I know that they'll do the right thing, and and I'll be around for the long term. And, and they did. And so it wasn't more of a concern for me that they were not going to resign him. It just was just for how get. long, yeah, right. and what the, what it would actually become. And I guess it, it kind of probably made him feel a little bit more confident because you know back in 2018, just two years ago, they extended him, and they had yet to advance past the NLDS at that point. This past year, they go out get a World Series ring, and you know. It's kind of probably gave them a little bit of confidence that they were going to do so. what um, they did. Um, before we get to what's next for Mike Rizzo, um, and we'll ha- we'll hear from a sound a little soundbite from Mike in, in a bit. But there's like let's just run down the kind of run through these accomplishments that he had um, since he's been taken over as as a GM. I mean, let's go just like think of the managers he's had to bring on. He brought on Davey Johnson in 2011. Um, wins the National League East the following year, the first division title, then also manager of the year. Matt Williams, however you want to say about how that turned out, he won a division and, and a manager of the year. Dusty Baker thought that the veteran presence in that clubhouse was going to be the one that get up over the hump, wins back-to-back division championships. And then that's the kind of the question mark maybe you put on is that you let uh, a proven manager – who won you division titles, go. I mean, they were tough playoff exits, but he made that difficult decision to be like, we have to move on and bring in Davey Martinez, which, of course, obviously 2018 didn't go as planned. 2019 didn't start as planned, but then obviously ends up in a World Series. Um, Some of the free agents Mike Rizzo has signed, obviously Jason Worth probably has to jump off the page as the big one. Um, Adam LaRoche, of course, Max Scherzer, Daniel Murphy, Patrick Corbin a, a couple of seasons ago. Guy has been brought in a lot of high-level talent for this Nationals team to keep them competitive. He got them to a competitive place um, back in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, or I guess leading up to 2012, and then that, that got over the hump, but it has kept them there with these free agent signings. Right, and obviously Scherzer is the one that you know sticks out the most, but you know he went out, they got Patrick Corbin. Um, you know He said from the, the start he was going to – build this rotation and they were going to build a championship team off of that rotation and he did that by signing Scherzer getting Patrick Corbin um 
you know, Jason Worth, they overpaid, but at that time they weren't, I mean, that was a huge contract, especially for an outfielder, but at that time they weren't winning and you have to kind of overpay guys to get them to come there. And that ended up working out. Um, Daniel Murphy, such a huge bat for this team, was such a huge bat for this team. So, you know, some, some really great uh, free agency signings. He's definitely made a splash in that market. Yeah. And then let's look at the draft. Obviously that's something that he prides himself on being able to draft talent and then homegrown prospects, you know, right. bring them up and through the homegrown system. Obviously, the Lerner family has given him the leeway to go and make big free agent splashes, but Mike Rizzo also, he's a scout at heart. You know, he's always said, I like scouting. I want to draft well and bring in these top prospects. Of course, Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper, back-to-back number one overall picks in 2009 and 2010. Uh, then you look Anthony Rendon at number six overall in 2011. Then you got guys, and this is kind of what, kind of, the part where it's like, that's great that they drafted him, but then some of these guys are no longer here. Bryce, Rendon, mm-hmm. and then Lucas Giolito with a number 16 overall in 2012. Um, Dane Dunning was part of the Adam Eaton trade. Uh, and then you have some guys on here, though, that have been a part. You know, Eric Fetty was number one, over, I mean, uh, a first-round pick back in 2014. Carter Keeboom is now supposed to be the guy to take over at third base for the Nationals. They just got Cade Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge. And for those who haven't checked it out, Byron Kerr has a great update on how those two, the, the Nats' last two number one first-round picks, have are doing at the alternative site in Fredericksburg, and they're doing phenomenal, which I'm sure Mike Rizzo happened. You got also guys like Seth Romero, Mason Denenberg. So he drafts well, too. It's not right. just been given the go-ahead, sign the big free agents to keep the team competitive. He's been trying to keep this farm competitive, too, so they have an influx of talent coming up from their own mm-hmm. system. Well, and that's the thing. It's kind of like, what? let's make a GM here. Like, you want somebody who can make good trades. You want somebody who can, um, you know, draft talent and be able to bring it up through the system, truly develop talent, you know. You want somebody to be able to go out at the trade deadline, make good moves. And, you know, Mike Rizzo has proven himself to be a combination of all of those things. And, you know, maybe that comes from him being a true blueprint of a guy that worked his way up through the system you know started as a scout with the White Sox Um, he always tells that story of Frank Thomas he was was not hot on anybody else's list but Mike Rizzo loved him convinced the White Sox to draft him seventh overall in 89 and ended up playing 17 years there obviously Hall of Fame career and it all kind of started there and then you know he worked it up to a director of scouting, and then assistant GM, and now GM, and he's kind of the blueprint of a stereotypical guy working his way up through the system. But that has helped him be a combination of all of those things: being able to scout talent, but also be able to make big trades and sign guys in free agency, which is what you exactly what you want from a successful GM. Yeah, you mentioned the trades. Look at a couple of Mike Rizzo's biggest trade moves he's made as a GM of the Nationals. I think one that people kind of forget about now, because I think it's just we're getting far further and further removed from it, is the Gio Gonzalez trade. I mean, Gio proved to be a frontline starter in 2012. The Nationals don't win the division and make the playoffs that year without Gio. Um, that was a huge trade with the Athletic A's. Um, they gave up a guy like Tommy Malone, um, AJ Cole, mm-hmm. but who they obviously got back eventually. Uh, Derek Norris was the catcher back then. I mean, Gio Gonzalez, he went out and said, I need a frontline starter. Gio Gonzalez is going to be that for me. Um, and he did that uh, very well. Another one that is, is now more talked about now because this guy is absolutely tearing the cover <laughs> off the ball is Trey, Trey Turner. Turner. The Trey Turner's trade. I mean, he also got Joe Ross back in that, in that deal mm-hmm. uh, from the Padres. He gave up... Will- 
Uh, Steven Souza Jr., who, of course, Nationals fans will remember uh, making that amazing catch for Jordan Zimmerman's mm-hmm. no-hitter in 2014. Um, will Myers was also a part of that trade. He ended up going to the Padres. But bringing in Trey Turner, a guy who now, and we're going to talk about whether or not Trey Turner deserves an extension, but a guy who is now the leader of this team. I mean, he came over with high expectations, and with Ryan Zimmerman not here, and again, I'll talk to Dan about this, but Trey Turner is the undoubted leader of this Nationals team right now. He's been here the longest of maybe outside of Max Scherzer on the active roster. So, you know, as in terms of position player, he is the infield leader at shortstop, and he is probably the old Wiley vet now because he's been here the longest. And you wouldn't expect that because right. I still think of him as a young guy. Right. I mean, Steven Souza just got DFA'd by the Cubs and hasn't had a bad career by any means, but has bounced around a little bit. And then they have Trey Turner, who leads the league in average and hits. So that was certainly an outstanding trade. Yeah. And then, of course, the other ones worth mentioning are the Adam Eaton trade, like I mentioned, giving up uh, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning. Um, that, I think we can talk about being a win-win for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, the, the trade that brought in Sean Doolittle. They needed relief back in 2017, and Sean Doolittle helped them win a championship. You look at last year at the trade deadline, bring in Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson recorded the last out in Game 7 of the World mm-hmm. Series. So... Um, and then Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark is an interesting point because he's a guy that they traded for and then also traded, uh, where they traded from, they got him from Texas back in 20, hold on, I have it right, 2010, which is crazy. Tanner Roark becomes a solid piece in that rotation for a couple of years. I love Tanner mm-hmm. Roark starts because he was quick and efficient. Um, and then they trade him for Tanner Rainey at the winter meetings in 2018 in Vegas. And now Tanner Rainey might be your best relief pitcher. Uh, mm-hmm. In that bullpen, so it's it's crazy how my, how good Mike Rizzo is not only good at at finding diamonds in the rust, but then also flipping them. You know, I, I don't want to say he flipped Tanner Roark, but I mean, kind of did. He just got he got the best years out of maybe you Tanner Roark, yeah. and then now has possibly a corner piece for this bullpen for years to come. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to talk about all of these great moves because. These moves stick out. Of course, there were some bad ones along the way, but at the end of the day, every GM is going to make bad moves. You just want the big ones to to be enough to get you a world championship, and for him, it worked out. Yeah, obviously, the one that probably sticks out the most is not working out is the Jonathan Papelbon trade. Mm. Don't need to talk about that one too much, but obviously that one did not work out. Other guys he traded for, Doug Fister, Denard Spann, fan favorites, uh, solid pitching staff. Uh, and, of course, the trade deadline last year ends up in a World Series title. Other big moments, obviously, the four division championships, five playoff appearances, the wild card, World Series. You know, people also forget that Mike Rizzo was part of that Steven Strasburg shutdown in 2012. You know, he was played a huge part in that decision-making mm-hmm. process. It wasn't just Davey Johnson. Um, mentioned the Papelbon Harper incident. You know, the trading away of Brandon Kinsler and, Sean Ke- and DFA and Sean Kelly in 2018. The famous quote of if you're not in, you're in the way, um, you know, that moment, him kind of solidifying, I'm the guy in charge here. You know, you're not going to show up my team. You're not going to become a detriment to my team. This is my group of guys. We're here for one reason. And if you get in the way, you're going to be gone. Um, and, of course, he handled Bryce Harper and Anthony Rendon's free agency. No, those are two guys who are no longer here, obviously. But those were the two headliners in each of their free agency classes. I mean, you can obviously add – Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg to last year with Rendon. But, you know, Bryce Harper's was the most expected free agent agency maybe in baseball's history. And, yeah, he didn't resign here, but Mike Rizzo still had to play a part in that. And there was a time where Bryce thought he was going to come back. And that's a part of 
being a general manager that I think kind of gets overlooked sometimes is knowing the right time to let guys go, you know, and it's kind of too soon to tell with Rendon and, you know, probably too soon overall with Harper also, but you have to know when is the right time to let these guys go. And that's a big part of it that we, you know, we're talking about all these big moves, but that's almost just as important in building a franchise. Yeah. And you had to pick obviously between Rendon and Strasburg and look, we know he values starting pitching. And so that's the route he went. And like you said, it's too early to tell, but Mm -hmm. you know, with Strauss basically not pitching this year and Anthony Rendon had a sluggish start, but it's coming along with the angels this year, but they're underperforming as a team. You know, you can't really tell who won that free agency. It's not like a trade. You can't, you can't really exactly. win exactly. free agency, I guess, in that in that sense. Um, we talked about not renewing Dusty Baker, hiring Dave Martinez, 1931. Crazy, he's only been executive of the year one time. He was named mm-hmm. executive of the year by Baseball America last year. That's his first and only time being named that. I mean, I guess you go that award probably goes to execs who win pennants who win world mm-hmm. series championships but i mean i Four think at least titles yeah and five playoff appearances since 2012 i mean that's that's not nothing and i think he's the nationals since 2012 have been the most the third most winning team in all of baseball behind only the dodgers and the yankees and it's not like he walked into this right, right. he built this yeah. he built this so yeah that is surprising um, so three years happy for mike happy for the nationals and the learner family that they got that done um, and that Mike Rizzo is going to be in charge of this baseball club for at least the next three years. And he mentioned in his press game press conference, this is where he wants to be. You know, he would happily retire here. He got married here. He mm-hmm. bought a house in Navy Yard. He is ready to be a national for life. For you to end his time in D.C. on a high note, what, what does he have to do moving forward that maybe he hasn't been able to quite do yet? That's a really good question. I, you know, the one that... If you asked me this last year, it would be obviously win a World Series. They did that. Now, do you stop at one? I don't mm-hmm. think so. I mean, you, of course, as a competitor, will say no. You want to win more and more. Um, I, I think for me, and this is what tie into next, our next topic right here, is that establish more continuity. You know, the Nationals, since Davey Johnson, have not had a manager go through, manage the team for three years. Davey Johnson, Matt Williams, Dusty Baker all did two years. Davey is now in his third season. Mm-hmm. It's a shorter season, but it's his third season with a club option for next year. Does Mike Rizzo continue with that? Now, I know that it's not totally up to him. It's Ownership has a say in that as well. But does Mike Rizzo give Davey an extension and be, this is my guy that I'm going to lock down and we're going to tag team this together? You know, think of, or does he. You know, try to you equated it to the Red Sox earlier. Try now, do you equate it to the Cubs? Like Theo Epstein departing ways with Joe Madden. Like, thank you for your time, thank you for the championship, but we need to go separate ways. I, I would think that Davey's going to get not only his option picked up, but an extension. Um, and, and we'll hear from Mike on that in a second. But I think that's established more continuity. The turnover for this team has been too much mm-hmm. over the past eight plus years. If Davey's the guy, stick with him. Or And we said this before he hired him, but he needs to find that manager that they're going to work well together and just be the guys moving forward for at least the next three years. And it does seem like they have that relationship, and we'll hear from Rizzo on Davey in just a second, but it seems like they have that relationship, and that, will, that consistency, stability will only help 
develop these prospects. You know, if you're bringing these guys up in this organization and constantly flipping managers and the coaching staff goes with them also most of the time. So how, how can you develop these guys and you say, come play here when you're constantly going with a different manager every other year. So stability will only help, I would imagine. And for me, I think it's finding more talent late in that first round. You know, only four of their last seven first round picks have made it up. Obviously, Seth Romero being the most recent. Now he's hurt. But good organizations find talent late in the first round. And I'm not going to say Mike Rizzo hasn't done that at all, but you know, you look at Jack Flaherty sticks out, Walker Bueller sticks out. They have to be able to find those types of talent late in the first round to rebuild this farm system that is obviously depleted. And that comes along with you know, building a World Series team. Um, of course, the, the minor league system is going to be de- depleted a little bit, but they have to rebuild it by the time that they need that. Um, and then also we'll, ju- we'll see what they do coming off of this World Series when we don't, they haven't had to technically rebuild yet. Um, and we'll see if that's going to have to happen and that'll be telling or if they're going to capitalize on having outstanding talent in the older guys like Scherzer in his last few years here, last year, and the combination of having that outstanding young talent and be able to build guys around them and go after another championship while you have these guys. Yeah, I think those are two great avenues for Mike Rizzo to attack right now. You know, the continuity part at the major league level, stay competitive, keep the same great managers and coaches that you want established here so that they can continue working with the guys who you think are going to be a part of this long term, but also have guys wait. I mean, the Nationals, like we said last week, Amy, have the 30th ranked farm system now dead last. That's something that Mike Rizzo, well, first of all, he doesn't really take too much stock in those rankings. He trusts his guys and the players that he has, but it's not going to sit well with him. You know, Mm -hmm. he thinks that they're better than that. They should do better than that. Like you mentioned, draft better, uh, collect prospects and whether it be the trade or free agent signings wherever it may be um and build that way well let's hear from mike rizzo right now because he did mention obviously he had a, a lengthy press conference after his contract extension over this past weekend but he said the number one priority is no longer him it is davy martinez yeah i you know that's the priority one is to get dave uh, davy uh, uh taken care of uh uh, you know, my my plan in, is and my uh, uh, my preference is to uh, to not pick up the option and to go well beyond that. And, uh, you know, that's that's the plan. That's the plan going forward. See if we can get uh, something done, negotiate a, a longer term deal with him uh, that goes that goes beyond the uh, just picking up the option. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it, when you're discussing a, a, a new contract, it's it's, uh, you know, the different than just picking up an option, uh, but uh, you know, the option was under the old contract. Uh, you know, my preference is to, is to uh, just disregard that and, and, and sign a new contract with him. Well, there you have it right from the horse's mouth. Davey Martinez is the number one priority right now. And he wants Davey here for the long term. Uh, you know, obviously Mike's around for three more years. He does not want to just pick up this option that Davey has in his contract for, for the next season. He just wants him here for the long term, and that's kind of what I was tying into <laughs> earlier. It's like, let these two guys be the guys moving forward. Mike Rizzo's been here for a long term, and that's great, but the turnover at the manager position has been almost too much for this franchise, and you could argue that that has uh, maybe equated to no not winning championships before last year. Um, I think the continuity part between the manager and the GM is huge for this team moving forward. And it's proven that Davey can lead the way. And I would imagine that 
either you know selecting that option or extending him will only give him a chance to breathe, sit back and do his thing and lead this team. Um, I don't think you know being on edge wondering what's going to happen will lead to successful management. I mean, for some guys that works, of course, being in the hot seat and having to prove yourself, but I would imagine letting him breathe will only make him better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think people like – any job, you know, people like that security. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, think about what you and I do, Amy. Like, in th- especially in, in twenty twenty, you don't do well during this a podcast. Well, not fired. even, but like during a <laughs> pandemic, you know, I mean, people we've seen people not just, I mean, in all industries, but like in our industry as well, furloughs, layoffs. I mean, it's it's brutal out there. So, and in any given year, especially now, people love security. So if we wait easier, and Davey always says, you know, focus on one or no today. But it'd be nice to know that you're mm. going to be one and zero for the next three years, <laughs> at least in right. terms of your job status. So that safety blanket, you know, knowing that you're going to be, I mean, unless things go completely off the rail and the team is forced to like, let's let you go, make a drastic change, which I don't foresee happening. Um, but, you know, you have that security that, mm. all right, I'm the manager <laughs> of the Nationals for the next three years. I got my GM with me right here. I've got the trust and ownership. I have the trust in these players we can build something here and continue moving forward, being competitive at the major mm-hmm. league level and keep building up from the farm up. And obviously that decision isn't going to be based off of this year because right. it's just such a crazy season. But if this team can start to turn things around and win some games, whether that has any postseason implications or not, it could only help Davey Martinez, I would imagine. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would agree. All right, who else besides Davey? Might get an extension. Now, we, we touched on, obviously, the free agencies of Harper, Rendon, Strasburg. You know, Steven Strasburg right now is the most uh, lucrative, long-tenured extension mm-hmm. the Nationals have probably have given a player, you know, mm-hmm. maybe outside of Ryan Zimmerman. Um, but who else on this current roster deserves a extension to stick around with Davey and Mike moving forward? What I'm, this I don't think this answers your question. But what I'll be most curious about is what happens with Max Scherzer. Yeah, I mean that's going to that could really change kind of the direction of this team. What they end up doing with him, if it's you know they re-sign him, I'd imagine it's going to be short term, like a two-year situation. But I think that is what I'm most interesting to see how that pans out. Um, and then you have Trey Turner, who you have to extend him right mm-hmm. I, I mean at this point i would think so and, and davy has been answering this question for a couple of days now with trey being the best hitter in baseball um and just carrying this team right now and davy's been answering that question a lot mike had to answer that question when he talked to the media on sunday mm-hmm. um yeah trey turner i think here, here's the thing though about trey turner that is helpful for him and the nationals in terms of extending him and this is something that was brought up before we even started recording. He's not represented by Scott Boris. And that is think is going to play into the Nationals' favor if they want to extend him and keep him around for the long term. Nothing against Trey or Scott, but that's just the way Scott Boris does business. He lets his play, he wants his top mm-hmm. players to hit free agency. And whether you resign with that team or not, he just wants to get the best deal for you. Trey Turner, and I'm not sure who reps him or how they do their business, but mm-hmm. I would guess it won't be as aggressive as Scott Boris is because no one is as, as aggressive as Scott Boris. But I think Trey Turner and the Nationals are in a good position. If, if he wants to be here long-term and they want to keep him, they can maybe work it out. And that's something that the learners will be able to work out and, and Mike Rizzo because he won't be so pressed to hit free agency 
like we've seen Harper and Rendon and, and Strasburg do um, over the, over recently. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner is signed through, he as a free agent until 2023. So when he becomes a free agent, Mike Rizzo will become a free agent as well, which is kind of interesting. But, you know, that's two, three years, two years before his free agent year mm-hmm. that you have to, to lock him up long-term if you want. Now, how much weight do you carry in the stats that he's produced this year in a shortened season? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. But, you know, I don't, I don't think you want to give him a Rendon type walk year where he just puts up ridiculous numbers. And then he's like, you know what? I'm actually might want to go test free agency. And then you have to let him walk. Well, you hope they're kind of working on deals with, you know, him, Juan Soto. I mean, players like that before they, obviously that's going to be a little bit before Juan Soto hits free agency, but you don't want those types of guys to hit free agency. And I'm sure they're working now to try to, you know, sign them long-term. Juan Soto's an interesting act. I, everyone wants to sign Juan Soto for a long-term. He's your next big mm-hmm. free, I mean, his free agency is going to be the next big free agency that we see um, in terms of the Nationals. Want, he, Scott Boris guy. I mean, and... and that change, it that truly it does, does change everything. Because, and the way Juan Soto has just burst onto the scene, he is one of the best young players in all of baseball. There is no way he does it. He signs an extension before his free agency. We look at Ronald Acuna Jr. If he didn't sign that extension, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s free agency would be the best, the next mm-hmm. best, biggest free agency we'll be talking about. But because he signed that, he's not worth what was a hundred something million dollars. He's worth probably at least three hundred million dollars. Especially now. nowadays, with yeah. The contracts with with what Harper signed, with Trout signed, with Rendon signed, Mookie Betts. I mean. By the time we get to Juan Soto's free agency, he might be worth $500 million, which is insane. But that's just what the market's going to dictate right. in a couple of years. And if he continues his pace of being one of the best players in the game, he's just going to end the marketability. Can you imagine? Like, No. How, <laughs> I mean, like, we're sitting here in 2020 like talking about how Trey Turner's carrying this team and like you have three years left. I mean, Juan Soto's going to be at least a year or two after that, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think... I think Juan Soto is his free agency is is going to be a whole gonna happen. conversation. I'm saying it's going to happen. It's, we're mm-hmm. not going to get to the point where they're going to extend him before we get there. No. I don't think. You're probably right. I mean, I I mean, if if you're talking to me, I'm I'm saying sign him now mm-hmm. because he's going to be one and of the I best players in the, baseball. They're they're trying, right? Yeah, I mean, like the Nationals, but I mean, I, I, I what is trying? I mean, they tried with Bryce Harper. They tried with mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon. With Anthony Rendon, it was too little, too late. You know, the, but by the time they tried to offer him, he he it's already made up his now. mind. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Like right. the year before, that's what I was saying with Trey too. The year before his free agent year, mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon was ready to sign an extension, and, and the Nationals weren't. Then you get to his free agent year, and it's flipped. The Nationals wanted to sign him long term, but he's like, eh, well, I'm just going to wait, actually. I'll wait it out and see what I get. And he got a slightly mm-hmm. better deal with the Angels. Same with Bryce Harper. You know, he, he wanted to wait. And the Nationals tried, I think it was that 2017 season or, yeah, because they, 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 they got rid of his arbitration. They got done, his arbitration done early, and then they tried to extend him, but he wasn't ready, and then he walked. So, I mean, I, I think you're better off. I think mm-hmm. you're more likely to sign Trey. In oh, the near for, future for. for extension, but hitting Juan Soto, getting Juan Soto before his free agent mm-hmm. walk year is going to be mm-hmm. difficult, if not impossible. I just think if 
they want to try to win another World Series while they have this mix of great old talent and mix of young talent, they're going to have to pay these guys yeah, that I'm, stand out on this roster right now. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be, again, it's not going to be impossible, but because Juan, oh, so- yeah, Juan Soto is not a free agent until 2025, so you have mm-hmm. at least five more years of Juan Soto, mm-hmm. and that's five years that you can try to, to lock him in. But I'm just saying with his agent and his history and history of his team with pending free agents, it's. I don't think it's as gonna. It's not gonna be as easy it's as, be as, as Trey Turner. As Absolutely, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's not gonna sign. Like Scott Boris is telling him, "You're mm-hmm. look at Acuna. He should be making 350 million dollars. He needs. He's making half that. If you wait, you're gonna make double that. You know, mm-hmm. if you keep being at this pace, he's so marketable. Play people love him. Uh, any team would be happy to have him. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be difficult, but. To answer my question to start this whole conversation, Trey Turner and Juan Soto have to be your next two up that you would want to extend. If you Trey Turner is a person you can a player you can build around. He's now a leader in this clubhouse. He's doing well in the community as well. Um, He's made his home here. He's going to have his firstborn child here. You know that's the kind of guy who has invested his life into DC, and you want to keep him home. You brought up Max Scherzer, and that's interesting, too, because next year is his last year under contract. Scott Boris guy, does he test free agency? He will be, I think he's, what, 37 now? Born? 36. He'll be 37 in next July. That's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult because he keeps proving himself to be, he's not getting worse as he gets older. Right. Um, But at the same time, that arm has so many miles on it. And how do you... They can't sign him for a long-term thing. It's yeah. going to be like two years if they are going to try to get him back. But right, and so as a almost 37-year-old, does Max say, I'll, I'll do a two or three, go on a two- or three-year basis, maybe two years with an option, whatever it may be. And he might. I'm he 40. might say, this is where I want to finish my career, and yeah. I'll work with you. But and Because, you, you know, you have Steven Strasburg coming back and Patrick Corbin for the long mm-hmm. term. He's like, hey, I want to be a part of this rotation to finish out my career. This is my best chance. You also got a guy like Juan Soda back there, Victor Robles, Trey Turner. We have pieces that we can continue to to compete and, and win another championship, possibly. Or do I just take the money and go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. I, I I would, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how Max really approached his free agency back in 2015. Obviously, he took a massive deal to be here with the mm-hmm. Nationals. But what's he going to cost? Is some other team going to you know just cough it up? Be like, hey, we we can be competitive too, and we just need a frontline starter like you. And at that point, you don't know how many more years you're going to get from him. You don't know how many more starts before the wheels start to fall off the wagon. So it is a risk, no matter who tries to get him or if the Nationals, you know, try to keep him. Yeah. Any other sneaky guys that you might think are coming? It's hard to think off the top of your head of who else is probably going to be eligible or you would like to resign for the long term. But any other guys kind of creeping in your mind aside from those pretty much those big three we just discussed? I don't think there are. I feel like a lot of there's a lot of guys who are on expiring contracts. They're all who are Astrobo Cabrera, Cabrera, Howie, Adam Eaton, Eaton, Kurt Suzuki, Kurt Suzuki, Gomes. This could be a topic for the off season, but you know, when do you start looking at guys in this free agency class to bring in next year for the long term. Mm-hmm. You go after a JT Real Muto mm-hmm. for the catcher spot. Do you, you know, that'd be that'd be obviously a topic for this uh, upcoming off season. But those contracts are obviously different because they're pretty much all older guys. Right. And obviously, we're a big part of the team in the World Series win last year. But mm-hmm. long term, are they going to be able to produce for you or big be key pieces going forward? Over the next couple of years, do you commit to Victor Robles being your center fielder for the long term? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's still locked up too. I mean, he's probably not free agent until at least 2024, if not 25, like like Juan Soto. But, you know, do you kind of go the Acuna route and maybe try to lock him up long term mm-hmm. now while you can? And hopefully that deal becomes cheaper than it should be, mm-hmm. you know, in the long term like Acuna. Um, definitely interesting. Definitely things to keep an eye on. But congrats to Mike Rizzo. I would expect we're going to be doing a very similar podcast in the next month or plus for Davey Martinez as he signs his extension. And I say extension because Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez did not keep it a secret that it's going to be an extension, extension not just the option. Selecting that option, yep. yep. So keep that posted. Keep that in mind. Of course, follow MassInSports.com for the latest Nationals news. Then that's open up a huge four-game series against the Braves at home, 6 o'clock on Masson, 5.30 for Masson Nats Extra pregame show. At Amy Jennings News for Amy on Twitter. Give her a follow. She's got some Nationals package and coverage on her Twitter account. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Mass and Nationals across the board on social media. And follow the Mass and Nationals podcast. Oh, excuse me. Mass and All Access podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Wherever you get podcasts, be sure to give us a follow. Thanks for tuning in live, everybody. And thanks for commenting along. We really appreciate uh, your interactions. And now enjoy this conversation with Dan Kolka. Everyone's favorite Dan Kolka. one and only. one and only Dan. Uh, on how Dambo's show has been going this year, Mike Rizzo's extension, and what else to look forward to uh, for the rest of this upcoming season. Now join on the Mass and All Access podcast with Dan Kolko, of course, host of Nat's Extra pregame and postgame shows on Mass. And Dan, my girlfriend asked me when's the next time I was going to have you on the show, so I'm just trying to give the people what they want. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here with you and happy to be joined uh, from afar uh, by your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. She'll be happy to see you. I think you just, people like hearing from you because you hear you get to ask so many questions. I think people like to hear what you have to say about this national team. So I like giving you the opportunity to answer some questions as opposed to asking so many. Um, well, first and foremost, how is the Danbo show going this year, this 2020 season so bizarre? I know you must miss the fans at the ballpark every day, but you're probably not missing that commute up to here to our uh, Masson Studios. Yeah, it is great for someone who lives in Navy Yard to uh, walk across the street and be at the office every day. It's it's been very bizarre. It's been weird when when the team is there and there's games being played, and Bo and I are one of you know maybe a dozen people on the concourse. And in some ways, it's cool that you feel like you have your own Major League Baseball game being played just for you. Uh, but in other ways, it's just it's very strange. But it, it's been even more difficult to adjust when the team is is out of town and we're in nationals park doing our pre and post game shows and we are quite literally the only ones there it's it's Bo and myself and a couple of our crew members out on the set and then upstairs in the booth it's bob and fp and alex is roaming around wherever she is um that's it that that and then pigeons there's a lot of pigeons around the ballpark um feels like an episode of like a, a horror movie or something like that where birds are just taking over but yeah it's you know we do our our pregame show and then we turn our stage lights off and we sit for three three and a half four hours and watch the games on tv in darkness and it's and get eaten alive by mosquitoes it's very weird um but happy to have baseball happy to be able to do our shows i feel like we've um i'm not as much complimenting myself as i am our crew and uh, the work that they've done we've been able to put our shows on without really any of the access or the ability to get creative content that we would normally have when we're around the team. And I feel like our shows are, are still close to just as good. Um, so uh, I'm proud of the work that we've all done. And it's been fun to just be able to 
to go to work every day and, and watch baseball, but it's it's very different. Yeah, you guys should be proud. The Nats extra hasn't missed a beat in this crazy time. I also just love the idea of you, Dan, and Alex, or you, Bo, and Alex, just walking around Nats Park when the team is away and just kind of joy, enjoying the game from different aspects of the stadium. Uh, but, Dan, the big news, of course, over the weekend was Mike Rizzo signing an extension to stay with the team for the long term, uh, reportedly a three-year deal. You getting to know Mike over the course of the years, obviously. What do you think this means to him personally and for the team uh, to have him around for the long term and not just going on a year by year basis? Uh, personally, for Mike, he he wanted to be here. He's made no. Uh, he hasn't been shy about saying that he wanted to stay. And you think about a guy that's accomplished all that he has over the last handful of years, and specifically last year, he could have chosen to ride this contract out get to, you know, GM free agency. And there would have been five, 10 teams beating down his door, trying to sign him to a super long-term deal for lots of money. He didn't want that. He bought a house here in, in the Navy yard area. He's posted up here. He's made this his home. He's, uh, you know, gotten comfortable in the community. He knows the fan base and he loves it here and he wanted to stay here. And so he, I think for him, it's, it's just nice to know, that he will be here for, for a few more years and hopefully much longer than that. And he's able to continue doing the work that he does, that he loves doing. Um, from an organizational standpoint, I think it's absolutely crucial. I think that this team had to re-sign Mike Rizzo. They're going to re-sign Davey Martinez to a multi-year deal. That's crucial as well. This is, this is an organization that from a managerial standpoint has had so much turnover in that position. Um, Mike has been the one mainstay but if he leaves or if he was to have left, then you're talking about, you know, just a year after you win a World Series needing to start things all over again. A general manager is going to want, you know, his own people in the organization. And then there's so much more turnover that that would happen. Um, since 2012, the Nationals have the third most wins of any team in Major League Baseball in the regular season. And they won a World Series. They've won four division titles. They're a consistent winner. And what, what do you do with people that you have that are good at their jobs and are good with everyone around them is you want to keep them. And thankfully, the Lerner family did that and with, with Mike, and they're going to do that with Davey, uh, I would imagine, sometime in the next couple of days. Yeah, stability at both the front office and on the bench with the manager is definitely something that the national team is looking forward to having. Something they haven't had with their lineup, and that's due to a lot of injuries, some guys going up and down throughout the course of the season. Obviously, the season hasn't gone totally according to plan or how Nats fans would have hoped or the Nationals themselves. But what are you looking forward to those last couple of weeks of this 2020 season? Maybe some young guys that are sticking out to you, uh, maybe a hot guy like Trey Turner. What are you kind of keeping your eye on as this season kind of plays itself out? Yeah, I want to see where Trey's numbers are going to end up at the end of this season uh, based on what he's done thus far. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, all, all the talented players that the Nationals have in, in their in their lineup, in the bullpen, in the rotation. I think we have to start looking for some of the younger guys to see if they can stick here and, and stick here consistently. We're talking about Carter Keeboom. Luis Garcia has impressed in his short stint up here thus far. Can he ride it out the final few weeks of the season can we see Kyle Finnegan um, follow through on what he's done thus far and prove to be a building block in this in this bullpen going forward um, I think that when yeah, the Nationals still have hopes of, of reaching the postseason of going on a run here and one thing uh, you know talking to Davey he loves how hard they've played on a daily basis that they're not they're not giving in 
despite all the the mental issues that they're dealing with in this tough season, despite the the injuries and the tough start that they've gotten off to. Um, but I think if the playoffs aren't going to be something that's in the future this year, you look to development. You look to seeing some of these guys take advantage of the opportunity that they've been given this year. Um, rotation wise, you know, Will Crow, can he turn things around? Can we see Austin Voth start to get back on track like he did in 2019? Eric Fetty. Um, th- these guys are getting a chance up here, and it's important for them and for the organization that they show uh, what they can do. Yeah, you mentioned Trey Turner at the top of that. And you talked to him and Ryan Zimmerman separately um, for exclusive interviews for Nats Extra, a pregame show. Uh, what did you kind of just glean from that? I know fans are, are missing Ryan Zimmerman. This team might be missing Ryan Zimmerman as well. I think it's interesting that you talked to these two guys, Dan. Of course, Ryan Zimmerman, the face of the franchise, the leader of this team when he's there. But in his absence, it seemed like Trey Turner has now stepped up in that role and become kind of the vocal leader, even though I still kind of think of him as you know, one of the young guys because he is so young age-wise, but he's been around for so long now. He's young age-wise, and he looks even younger than he is. Uh, coming from a guy that had to grow a beard to look anywhere close to the age that he actually is. Um, yeah, Trey definitely is becoming more of a vocal leader. There's no doubt about that. I had heard that last year through the postseason run as well. Even when you had all these veteran guys on the team, that Trey's developing his voice, and um, that there's no there's no questioning that now that he's you know that Zim isn't there, and some of these more more veteran guys are away. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start with Ryan, I guess he, he misses his team. He misses being around the guys. He made his, his decision and he stands by it to, to opt out for this year to be around his family. Um, but I talking to him, I think I came away further reinforced that he does want to keep playing. You know, I think when we all heard that he was opting out this year, we wondered if that was it for him, if he was just gonna, you know, head, head, head away into retirement and spend time with the fam. But he wants to keep playing. So um, will there be common grounds there? Will the Nationals be able to work something out and give give Zim a deal for 2021? I certainly hope so. Uh, but we'll see. He, uh, he loves the game and he loves his teammates. So we'll see what happens on that front with Trey. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with him. Um, he's a guy that has a dry sense of humor that doesn't always come out on, in kind of the day-to-day conversations. But... Um, you know, he's he's worked really hard to get to the place that he is now. He's put in a lot of effort with Kevin Long, the hitting coach. And um, he's a lot was expected of him very early on in his major league career. He came up in, in 2015 and put up ridiculous numbers. And he's had good years since then. But I think now we're starting to see uh, all that that guy can do on a daily basis. And it's because of a lot of the hard work that he's done. Yeah, fans can go check out those interviews on our Mass Nationals YouTube channel. They're up there uh, in their entirety. Dan, uh, can you give us a little preview of any other upcoming interviews you have or content that you and uh, Bo are going to do on that section or maybe even your radio show on Saturdays on 106.7 The Fam? Yeah, sure. We're, we're trying to keep things fresh and, and keep giving fans new stuff to, uh, to look out for. Um, I actually just finished up an interview with Mark DeRosa, former Nationals uh, infielder and current MLB network analyst uh, that'll play on uh, my Nats insider show on 1067 the fan on Saturday between noon and one uh, gonna have Sean Doolittle on as well to talk about being the Nationals Roberto Clemente uh, nominee for this year and his work in the community as well as um, working back from his uh, stint on the IL a few weeks ago so we'll have that on Nats insider this week and um, got got more stuff planned in the future that 
Yeah, it's kind of hard for our buddy Kyle over at Nats PR to uh, to lock stuff up, but we're going to work really hard over these final few weeks to make sure that on our, our pre and post game shows, as well as on my radio show, that we're, we're bringing as much original content as we possibly can to everybody. Well, it's been great so far this season. Can't wait to see what you have in store for the rest of the season on Nats Extra on Madison. Have a good call tonight, Dan. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, Bobby. Good to talk to you, buddy.